Let us be attentive. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our fathers, for you are just in all you have done. Moses and Aaron are among his priests. The righteous cried, and the Lord heard them. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. In these you once walked when you lived in them, but now put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old nature with its practices and have put on the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, but Christ is all and in all. Peace be to the reader. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with all. And with your spirit. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Let us be attentive. The Lord said this parable, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many, and at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for all is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I go out and see it. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I must go to examine them. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported this to his master. Then the householder in anger said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and maimed and blind and lame. And the servant said, 
Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. For many are called, but few are chosen. Peace be to you who proclaim the gospel. Good morning. So sometimes a good way to learn about something, a good way to kind of understand something better is by comparing it to something else. So comparison is a useful tool to better comprehend something. For example, When describing someone, it might sound something like this. You know, John quite well, but his brother Max is quieter, shorter, more built, dark hair and complexion, and more observant. Max has a lot of the same interests as John, but not as enthusiastic about them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes by making a comparison, we can understand someone better. This is true, too, when comparing figures from the Bible. Today is the Sunday of the forefathers. On the Sunday of the forefathers, we honor the ancestors of Christ according to the flesh, like the righteous Abraham and his wife, the righteous Sarah. This Sunday gives us the occasion to reflect and to make a comparison. Today I want to make a comparison between the most holy Theotokos, Mary the Theotokos, and the righteous Sarah. By comparing these two, we can better understand these two most important women of the Bible, as well as better understand the two covenants God worked before their very eyes. Let's first consider their names. Sarah's name in Hebrew, Sarah, means princess. Sarah means princess. A princess is part of a royal line. In the case of Sarah, her line is ethnic and religious. Being married to Abraham, she can be understood as the mother of all believers. Her descendants are a part of the covenant that God had with Abraham. In contrast, 
In contrast, Mary the Theotokos is called not just a princess, as is Sarah, but the queen of heaven, as we call Mary in some hymns. Mary's titles and Sarah's name are meaningful, but the virtue, by, by, by virtue of Mary's connection with Christ, Mary's titles are much loftier. Let's now compare and contrast Mary and Sarah when they were told that they would have a child. If we remember from Genesis, Sarah being very old laughed. She laughed at the thought of it in Genesis chapter 18 as did her husband. She laughed at the idea that God would work in such a way against the laws of nature and bless her. And when God accused her of laughing about it, she denied it. In contrast, when the Most Holy Theotokos heard that she would conceive and bear a son, although she was a virgin, she was at first troubled in her heart, but then said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Instead of laughter, she said, let it be to me according to your word. Sarah conceived miraculously in her old age and laughed at it, while Mary was young and unwed and miraculously conceived not by man, but by God. At the birth of Sarah's child, Isaac, a new promise came true. A nation of believers was born into the world and the promise of descendants that would live in the promised land. That was the promise to Abraham and Sarah. Before Christ's birth, Mary recalled this old promise being fulfilled when Mary said, and this is in the Gospel of Luke, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his posterity forever. Mary the Theotokos remembered God's promises to Abraham and Sarah and saw that they would be fulfilled in the most amazing and unexpected way. In a way that would be greater than the old covenant's promise of land and descendants. Let's now consider their status as mothers. Sarah is the mother to the Israelites. Her son was named Isaac, meaning he will laugh, referring to Abraham, who also laughed when he was told of the miracle. From Sarah, all the Israelites had a genealogical connection, a holy family, a holy family connection. But Mary would be the mother to all nations, the lady of all people, as we call her in some hymns. Before Christ was born, Mary proclaimed, For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. Not just the descendants of Sarah, but all people, Jews and Gentiles alike, would, be called, would, would, would call Mary blessed. Mary gave birth to Jesus, his name in Hebrew meaning God is salvation. This name is full of faith and conviction in God's work. 
And this salvation is a salvation offered to all people, not just the descendants of Abraham and Sarah. This salvation offered to all people is not a promise of land and descendants, but something far greater, eternal life in heaven and residency there. We should also consider today the influence of Sarah and Mary. Sarah the righteous had power, the power of persuasion and influence. God himself told Abraham to do what Sarah said, even to part with his own son Ishmael. In contrast, Mary is the first and foremost supplicant, not before Abraham, but before the very throne of God. Her prayers are the most powerful of any human being. Both these women had to at some time flee. By following God, both Sarah and Mary had to flee. They had to change their lives drastically to follow God. Mary fled to Egypt. Similarly, Mary left Haran and wandered around all for the sake of doing God's will. We also ought to compare the sons they bore and their sacrifice. Sarah's son Isaac was almost sacrificed to God, but, con- in, it, but God intervened as God was testing Abraham's faith, as we recall from the famous passage in Genesis 22. But Mary's son was truly sacrificed for the salvation of the world on the cross. Isaac's almost sacrifice was a foreshadowing of Christ's real sacrifice on the cross. In short, many aspects of Sarah's life foreshadow that of the Theotokoses. Sarah the righteous is the most important woman in the old covenant, but Mary is the foremost figure after God of the new covenant. Both of these women saw God act before their very eyes. Mary believed right away, while Sarah hesitated at first and even laughed in disbelief. But one important thing that they had in common is that both embraced the unexpected changes God worked in their lives. God worked in their lives and they were open to the change. They accepted God's action. They embraced the change God offered. Mary said at the Annunciation, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. This, this is the acceptance of God's work that we all need to imitate. Accepting God's work in the world necessitates a change in our lives, not only for Sarah and Mary, but also for you and for me. This Christmas season, let us contemplate the decisive action God took to change our lives by taking human flesh. Let us contemplate how we need to change our own lives to accept that salvation. God changed everything when he became man 
So let us change our lives and sincerely say to God, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. But not only say this, but let us embrace the change that comes with a sincere following of God, as did the righteous Sarah and the most holy Theotokos. Merry Christmas to you all.